breathe. And a lot of times we just don't stop, take a deep breath, and just kind of focus on our breathing. And a lot of mindfulness is about that. So it's just one word. It's very simple and yet extremely effective. Just breathe. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining us today is my special co-host from Mindfulness Mode. We've got Bruce Langford. Bruce, welcome. Hey, it's great to be here, Jared. Thanks for inviting me to be part of the show. All right, Bruce, I don't mean to ask the lazy question, but I'm going to. There's going to be people that don't know about Bruce Langford, so give them just the quick and dirty. Well, I'm all about mindfulness, and I worked in bullying prevention for about 12 years, and that got me into mindfulness, where people can really get focused and get centered so that bullying is no longer an issue. So that's why I work in the field of mindfulness. Well, it's super convenient that you help people who are being bullied, because our guest today is Rick Liebesback. Rick is from Self-Protection Concepts. And Rick and I met last year, and this is an interview that's really overdue. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jared. Really appreciate being here. I have a question for you. Please. What is your favorite concert? (laughs) So Rick has beat me to my punch. (laughs) It's not Rick's first rodeo, as we both found out. If I had to answer this right this moment, it would be Willie Nelson. I had a chance to see him a few years ago, and he just got up, started off with Whiskey River. You know, old old guy, but he's just having a good time and has some classic songs, and I really enjoyed that. There's a lot of concerts I've been to. I'm sure you you gentlemen have as well, but I really enjoyed Willie Nelson. So that's my answer today. It might change tomorrow. So, but but I, you know what? Let's flip the question to you, Rick. I, I'm sure you've seen some good shows. What, what's one that uh, you've enjoyed? In some ways, my favorite show was the similar to one of yours. It was Harry Chapin live down in Fort Myers, Florida, in the sanctuary of a church on an off day. And it was only about two months before he died in his car accident up in New York. But even though it was just him and his acoustic guitar, minimal anything else, the bond that he made with the audience that day was incredible. And the fun point of the entire day for me was when he got into his song, 30,000 Pounds of Bananas. I don't know if you're familiar with that song. (laughs) I'm not, but it makes me hungry. (laughs) Well... The fun part of that entire song is at the very end where he had a problem finding a way to put an end on the song. So he came up with this end and he went to his brothers and said, here, what do you think about this? And they listened to it. They were nice and kind. And they came back and said, Harry, it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So he came up with another ending and another ending. And it always came out the same way. (laughs) That level of personality, the bonding like you just had with uh, Willie Nelson, like it's just uh, memorable. Oh, well said. So, gentlemen, we're here at PodFest in Tampa. We're having an amazing time. We're going to start with Bruce. Bruce, what's something that uh, maybe is a takeaway for you so far? Oh, one of the takeaways is just that there have been so many people willing to connect here. Everybody's so warm and friendly, and we get together and we talk about all things podcasting, and it's just such a great way to connect and learn. And I've learned so much, jotted down notes, met great people, connections, people for guests for my show, people to... uh to reach out to for other connections. So it's just great connecting with people here at PodFest. And what about you, Rick? For me, it's been relationships. Jessica Rhodes, we got to talking over lunch. And apparently her dad is absolutely pivotal in her life. There's a bond between her and her dad that was just awesome. And she said, I got to get you to come out to San Diego and meet my dad. And that was really cool. And then the other one was, what is her name over there on EOF. Oh, Kate Erickson. Yes, thank you. I hate drawing a blank like that. (laughs) 
I asked a question that hadn't really been asked in the entire podcast so far. And that was, instead of telling me the positive side, how I can succeed, tell me what I need to avoid. Tell me the things I need to not do in order to crash and burn. So sometimes hearing it both ways really helps. And that's the kind of things that I've taken away here that people are willing to share with you both ways. Because this place has been absolutely critical in my development as a podcaster. I appreciate the people here tremendously. Rick, in an effort to remain lazy, again, for those that aren't familiar with self-protection concepts, they're not familiar with what you're doing, let's just talk a little bit about that so that people can have a heads up. Well, self-protection concepts and my podcast, Self-Protection Essentials, are an outgrowth of my interest in the most important five seconds of your life. And that's the amount of time that you'll need to get to safety when somebody's physically attacking you. I'm a third degree black belt in karate and a firearms instructor with the NRA. And I could do those things with just my friends and like the karate stuff and a bunch of guys in a big empty room. But I came to realize that I learned things that could literally save somebody's life or save them from grave bodily harm. And it would be absolutely wrong for me to just hide that stuff away. I'm trying my best to share with people to impact their lives. And my podcast is just an expression of that. My desire is to get with people one-to-one or eventually make videos so that I can take the geographical boundaries off my presentations. Because if I offer to teach you something and you say yes, but our schedule doesn't work out because I want you to wait, and then something happens to you, I can't deal with that. that your blood would be on my hands in that case. So if you say that we can get together next Tuesday, I'm not going to make you wait until Wednesday, just in case. I will rearrange my schedule to go wherever it is that you're at to meet that. Bruce, this show's called Starved Doubts. And a lot of people that listen to this show are interested uh, in overcoming and navigating challenging situations. And you've mentioned bullying. Would you be willing to talk about, unfortunately, a bullying scenario that you've interacted with, or, or whether it's firsthand or, or someone else you know, uh, something that, that has been a difficult situation to navigate? Yeah, absolutely, Jared. Yeah, I'll tell you about a, a student that really inspired me to get started in bullying prevention. And he was one of my students, and he had everything going for him. He was just amazing. He was smart. He was athletic. He was talented in music. And yet I could see there was something wrong. There was something missing. There was like he was hurting. And so I got talking with with some of the other kids and I said, hey, what's going on with this guy? And so they shared with me that, hey, you know what? People are making fun of him. People are picking on him because of his speech impediment. And what they said is it's because of his accent. And I'm like, accent? And it turns out he had a very minor speech impediment. But you know what? It was just terrible because that kid absolutely hated the thoughts of going to school every single day. But you know what he did? When I went to him and I approached him and I said, you know what? I'm thinking about doing something to help not just you, but more people in other schools, other places. Maybe you could help me by sharing your story, your message on video. And I know that would be probably hard, but would you? And at first he said, no, no, I couldn't do that. But then after about a week, he came to me and he said, Mr. Langford, if I could help one other student by being in that video, I would like to do that. So yeah, I will. So we shot the video, an hour of footage, edited it down to three minutes, and hundreds of thousands of middle school students have seen that video and been inspired. That was 12 years ago. 
And that kid has no idea how much of an impact he has made in the world. So, you know, that's just one story out of hundreds after being in thousands of schools over the years. So, Jared, it is really amazing. You start to hear about the ripples. You hear about, you know, some of the impact. And and sometimes you don't hear about the impact, but you just want to try to make a difference out there because, you know what? Kids shouldn't be hurting like that. This is not the way our world should be. And uh, I'm just like really passionate about that and about helping kids and adults understand what mindfulness is so that that can help them deal with bullying and not have to go through the suffering and torture that that kid did. It's just not right. Rick, I'm going to turn this over to you for a moment. So unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't stop with bullying. Sometimes it leads to you know physical exchanges and what can someone do? Maybe you uh, have a tip or two where if someone is, is about to be in a, a, a scenario where there's a, a physical threat, I know we're on a podcast, but, but what can you do? What could you share with them that would prepare them mentally or, or something they could consider doing in those five seconds like you talked about? I want to back up a little bit first. Let's not get there in the first place. And the single biggest thing that most people can do to not get there in the first place is to have good posture. Good posture look, makes you look too healthy too self-confident. Bullies like criminals are not really interested in the difficult target. They want the easy one. They want to have fun. So they're not going to choose somebody that's going to be too much of a challenge. So good posture would be the one thing I would say to prevent there. But when they get in your face, but it hasn't come to blows yet, right? I would say go for what's called a pattern interrupt. A friend of mine used to be a bouncer in a bar and he would see people about to go at it. Person A and person B would be about to rip each other's heads off. He'd see it. He'd walk over there because that's his job to walk in the middle of all that stuff. And he would point out to the guy, you know, we only allow fighting Fridays after 3 p.m. And today's Thursday at 2 o'clock. You're going to have to come back tomorrow. And the guy would be standing there going, "Uh, huh? Uh, Wait a minute. It's 6 p.m. on Friday already. Why do I have to come back? And what occurred there is... The fellow that wanted to rip off the head of his partner is all of a sudden engaging with the bouncer going, wait a minute, that's not right. He never gets back on that same train of intensity wanting to rip off his friend's head. So if you interrupt the pattern, then people don't get back on that same train. It's less intense. Now, it's not over and done, but it's easier than it was 15 seconds earlier. Wow. Now, how could that apply to uh, maybe a student? Uh, we were talking about a bar example. I like that. Is, is that applicable for a student who might be in a potential altercation with another student? To be honest, when I met Bruce earlier today, I went, I have got to get together and talk with this guy because I know he has things to share that my audience desperately needs. But I said that also because bullying is one of the weakest areas I have in my own personal skill set. So I need to learn from Bruce how to deal with a situation like that as far as de-escalating the attack. I can talk really well about the avoiding, and I can talk really well and give you excellent examples on how to stop the physical once it's begun. But with an aspect of a bully getting in your face, trying to intimidate, if the pattern interrupt doesn't really work, and it may not be enough, I'm not sure where to go from there. So what would you say? How... How do you deal with it when it gets that intense? Well, that's a great topic, Rick. And it's really important what you said about pattern interrupt, because that can be a really powerful tool for students to use. But a lot of times it just doesn't occur to them 
how to do it. And that's why what we do is we explain the concepts. We talk about it. We say, okay, there's one way you could do it with humor. And sometimes that works. Now, it depends on the situation, of course. You know, we have to kind of take ourselves into a certain situation to see, okay, can humor work here? Or can I use a pattern interrupt in another way? Maybe I can, you know, say something about the other kid that's maybe a compliment that's going to throw them off. You know, you're complimenting the kid about some attribute that they have or something like that. And they're like, what, what? Like, why is he saying that? That can throw you off. So what we do is we love to get students up in front of an audience and we practice some of this stuff through role plays. And we show them, you know, like we prepare them a little bit, show them some of the scenarios and say, okay, here's a situation where, you know, there's a lot of heat here. There's a lot of pressure. And here's what you can do to release the pressure using humor. And then we show it, we talk about it, then we say, okay, but that's not always going to work. Sometimes you're going to have to do this. And then we show what you can do by, you know, complimenting the kid and surprising him in that way. It's not humor. It's totally different, but it still throws him off or throws her off, whichever the case may be. So those are a couple of examples for you, Rick, about what you can do. So if somebody were getting in my face, I could turn around to him and go, excuse me, I've got a podcast on self-protection. I was wondering if I could possibly interview you when we get done with this today. Well, (laughs) Well, that would definitely reset their thinking, I would imagine, right? Bruce, would you be willing to maybe share a personal example where you were in a situation where you felt like maybe you were bullied, whether it was cruel spirit or or maybe even business or something? Where, Where was someone where somebody was trying to take advantage of you? How did you navigate that? Yeah, I can definitely share a situation like that. Yes, I uh, I had a situation when I was a kid and I had four brothers and that was a, an interesting challenge at times, you know. And, uh, you know, there were different dynamics going on with my different brothers and so on. And there was a, a situation that happened one day when uh, my brother got, my one brother got really, really, I'm not going to name names here, but he got really upset, really worked up about something that he thought was true, that he thought I had done this thing. He thought that I had taken this thing that belonged to him and I I didn't do it, but that didn't matter because he believed I did. And so like he was just like furious about it and he was like accusing me and he was ready to like beat me up and everything else. And I thought, oh, geez, I've got to think fast here. I've got to figure out what I'm going to do in this situation. And the one thing I thought I had to do immediately was change position, like move out of the place where I was. And, you know, at least that would give a little bit of time for the anger to diffuse. And so it sounds simple, but it's not always simple to do that, you know, to get out of the area where you are. And in that particular situation, like we lived on a farm. And I just looked around and I scanned the area. I'm like, how am I going to get out of here right now? Because the pressure is crazy. And so I just, I spotted that I, my bike was over there and I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. And then I just headed over there. And I remember this minute, like he was like chasing me and I was running over there and it was, and then later I kind of dealt with it in a different way because I approached him. Like I, I just was confident. I, I dealt with it. I didn't like back down. It wasn't like I was, you know, being a victim in that role, but I approached him and I said, okay, hey, 
this is how this made me feel and I'm not putting up with this and so on. And so I confronted him about it. So, you know, that's just one example of like changing the placement, getting out of the, the situation case. Rick, I'm going to pass this over to you for a little bit. I am a parent, as you know, I have a beautiful five-year-old daughter. And I think like any parent, uh, you want to protect your children. And sometimes you can't always be there. They're in school. They're in different scenarios where you're not always there. What advice do you give to parents on how they can encourage their children or steer their children in a way if they're in a situation where someone's trying to kidnap them, someone's trying to hurt them? What do you say to parents? One of the things I say to parents is something that actually is an echo of a previous conversation that we had. Because uh, I know you've got that daughter. Your love for her showed through last year when I first met you. And I actually gave you some homework. I'm not necessarily going to ask you over the mic if you've actually implemented that homework. But I'm going to have yourself and Bruce work with me on this one for a little bit. Kids are incredibly mobile. They're very quick. The average adult has a hard time keeping up with them once they start running and whatnot. We need to get our kids willing to stay away from those that would harm them. But we also have to teach them what those people look like. Once the kid realizes, though, that they need to get away from this guy, I want them to be doing two things. One is running, and the other is yelling. I want them to yell as loud as they can, help, help, this is not my parent. Because I don't know about you, but most of the people I've met they're going to do something. Grandma is going to at least pull out her phone and take a picture. Somebody else may dial 911. Myself, if, I'm, if necessary, I'll apologize later. Oh, you really are Sarah's dad. I'm sorry. Here, let me help you up. <laughs> so what I would like you to do right now is tell me, what is it that I want you to teach your kid when you get home today? What are you going to have them say? Uh, Bruce, I'll start with the first part. Maybe you can share the second part. But the first part is I'm going to teach my daughter to run. She needs to be running away. Uh, what would you be teaching as the second part? I'm going to teach my, my son to just walk with confidence, show confidence, lift up those shoulders. Like, I don't want to see that kind of slouchy kind of look that like sometimes we see that in teenagers. But you know what? It's not healthy to be walking around that way in your school. Do what Rick says. Show confidence, walk with confidence, and sometimes just practice it at home. Here's the practice I want you to have your kids do. Bruce and Jared, I want you to do this together. Tell me, help, help, this is not my parent. Help, 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 help. this is not my parent. Now, I know you can do louder than that. I know your kids can do louder than that. So how intensely do you want them to actually say this? (laughs) Help, 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 this this is not my parent. parent. (laughs) That's better. (laughs) Jared, that was awesome. I really hope that you do go home and teach your kid that this year, or if you did it last year, reinforce it for And you know what, if I can cut in here, I think one of the things we have to emphasize too with our kids is breathe. Like in a situation like that, you got to grab a quick breath and maybe not so quick, but grab a full breath because you need that air in order to make it sound like you mean it, to make it loud, to make it impressive. You got to take a good deep breath and then go for it because what do we do when we get scared? we kind of tense up and we we don't have the air we need to communicate. So that's one of the first things is like, hey, if something happens, take a deep breath. Let's practice it. So Rick, you did give me some homework, (laughs) but I will say I did teach my daughter about the help, help. This is not my parent. 
Now, she's five. Does she remember everything? No, but uh, I am going to continue to make sure she understands that's what you do. That's some of the best advice I've heard uh, in terms of advice for parents in those types of scenarios. So I appreciate that. I want to give you one more piece. Please do, if you would. This would be for any parent, and it's going to be counterintuitive because it doesn't look like anything having to do with self-protection, but rather it has to do with something similar to what Bruce was saying, and that is self-esteem. One of the things that I built into my daughter was that she had lots of different things going for her. I exposed her to as many different areas of activity as I could. China painting, voice lessons, drawing, just over and over. I gave her 30 different areas of exposure. She had a chance to see that she could do well in each of those. The important part of that is if she only had four or five areas of things that she knew she was good at and one of them went away, because we know from time to time things go bad in a certain area, that would be 20 to 25% of her personal self-esteem, and that would be hard to deal with. On the other hand, if she's got 30 different things that she's been exposed to that she knows she's good at and one of them goes away, how devastating is that? Not anywhere near as much. So help your kids become strong in and of themselves by exposing them to as many things as you can, helping them to learn that they can do this, that, or the other. And that will help with what Bruce was saying about the bullying. And it'll be a great foundation to build upon and a bonding between you and your kids. That'll be awesome. Bruce, if a parent finds out that their child is being bullied, what can they do? Yeah, one of the first things they should do is is just really be an amazing listener. Listen to your child. And when your child tells you things, like make notes because you may think, you know, I'll remember all this. You may not remember it the way your child first told you. And the second thing is realize that your child sees this situation differently than someone else. So if your child is naming another kid and there's someone else involved or whatever, Make sure that you're open and that you check out from maybe the other kid or the other kid's parents. You can kind of, you know, ask around and so on. You've got to be a great listener, though. That is the first step and be open and believe your child. You know, you got to realize that, okay, they may see it differently. You have to leave that glimmer of, you know, that area open that, okay, maybe you're, you know, maybe this isn't exactly the way that you would have seen it. So keep open to that. But, you know, it's too easy to sometimes say, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, it'll be no problem. I'm sure you'll be fine. You know, as parents, like we're busy. We've got a lot on our minds. So be careful you don't dismiss it. Like take it seriously. That's what I would say, Jared. Both of you gentlemen have podcasts. So we'll start with Rick. Rick, tell us a little bit about your podcast and where people can check that out. My podcast is Self-Protection Essentials. It's available on iTunes and Stitcher currently, but that'll be expanding to Google shortly. It's an expression of my interest in the most important five seconds of your life. And I do that by interviews, product reviews, and book reviews. I share upcoming news like here in the Tampa Bay area, April 30th. We've got an event coming up called Take Back the Night. April is Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And that night, the event, Take Back the Night in St. Pete, is dedicated to that community and helping people realize they're not alone. They've got people that can support them. And it's just, I volunteered there two years in a row now. This year, I'm on the planning committee for it. It's just affected me that much. So I do that. I also talk about mindset and my own personal perspective on the different techniques that a person can do. Everything from breathing to where you want to have your arms when something happens. And I'm drawing a blank. (laughs) It's really hard sometimes to talk about myself. Well, what's your website? I've got two websites. One is selfprotectionconcepts.com. And the other is where my podcast is uh, currently 
sitting. And that's S-P-E dot podbean dot com. That's S as in Sierra, P as in Papa, E as in Echo dot podbean dot com. Or you can think of it as self-protection essentials. Okay, and my podcast is Mindfulness Mode, where we talk about mindfulness. We talk about living in the moment, and we talk about how to you know, make sure that you are focused in the moment, not sweating over what happened yesterday, not concerned and anxious about what might be happening tomorrow. That really helps adults who think they you know, may be bullied or they're worried about a situation in life, but also kids too. And on the podcast, I interview entrepreneurs. I interview CEOs and all kinds of professional people who use mindfulness in their lives. And I ask a question about bullying. I ask them, hey, were you ever bullied? Did mindfulness ever help you in a bullying situation? And it's amazing how many different kinds of answers we have on the show. So it's mindfulnessmode.com. I'd love to have you check it out. And it would be just great to have you check out our Facebook page as well, which is on Facebook, it's Mindfulness Mode Group, and we'd love to have you join us. Bruce, we'll start with you, and then we'll finish up with Rick. This is the final thoughts. Final thoughts for the listeners. What would you like for them to think about? You know what I'd like to say is just one word, breathe. And a lot of times we just don't stop, take a deep breath, and just kind of focus on our breathing. And a lot of mindfulness is about that. So it's just one word. It's very simple and yet extremely effective. Just breathe. For me, it's the people that come into your life. People come into your life for a reason. We met a year ago and you encouraged me to get my stuff out there and now I'm actually podcasting. Today, our speed dating portion of our podcast, I was sitting next to a woman who happens to be tied into the jail system, the prison system. And I was talking with her about how I want to take my podcast in the direction of interviewing prisoners. I mean, how amazing is that? The people who come into your life can make a profound difference. So just stay aware of who's around you and be willing to talk with them. Be willing to talk to them. Well said. Uh, Rick, Bruce, thank you so much. You've got to be a great listener, though that is the first step, and be open and believe your child. you got to realize that, okay, they may see it differently. You have to leave that glimmer of, you know, that area open that, okay, maybe you're, you know, maybe this isn't exactly the way that you would have seen it. So keep open to that. Be careful you don't dismiss it. Like, take it seriously.